Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The questions have always been about human functioning, how to live better lives. But this year, we've had additional questions from you of what the hell is going on in this country. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Fill in the Blanks. I'm actually recording this on Labor Day, the day before I'm dropping it to you. So happy Labor Day, everyone, even though it's over when you're listening to this. This is kind of special for me because it's been a long time since I've been able to just sit down and talk to you just myself without a guest. There's a reason that I'm doing this. It's not because... I didn't have a guest this week. I have lots of guests, but I wanted to talk about something really important to me, and that is that this coming Monday, we're launching season 21 of Dr. Phil. That is, of course, very special for all of us at Dr. Phil, but it's special for some other reasons, and I'm going to tell you why right now. Because I think this is going to be probably the most important season of Dr. Phil in 21 years. Important because of you, not because of us. And I'm going to pull the curtain back and give you a little insight into how Dr. Phil works. By Dr. Phil, I'm not talking about myself in the third person. I'm talking about Dr. Phil, the platform. You see, every year we shoot and have originals on until the end of May. And then every summer we work really hard to look at what we've been doing and to reinvent ourselves, focusing on how we can respond to and connect with you, our viewers, better and better how we can tell our stories better, how we can deliver our message better. We've always let your questions drive our content. We let you and your mail, your comments, your questions determine what stories we do, what topics we pick up on, what we focus on. So if you ever wonder, why are they doing this show? Why are they doing that topic? It's because of the mail we get, the comments we get. So if you see us doing something, or you see us doing it maybe two or three times, it's because we're getting so much input from all of you. So we've always let you determine what our content is. So we look at what questions you're asking and what challenges you're facing, and what you want to see addressed. And let me tell you, in the last several months, those questions, those comments, those challenges have changed dramatically, dramatically like I have never seen before. 
the questions have always been about human functioning, how to live better lives. But this year, this summer in particular, instead of just marriage, family, parenting, emotions, addiction, the things that you've always talked about, we've had additional questions from you, additional concerns, additional challenges. And they've included kind of a major heading of what the hell is going on in this country. What's going on in what seems like a crazy world? And I have to say, I've not been surprised by that because I've been asking the same questions. But when people ask me that, it's not rhetorical. When you guys say that to me, you're really looking for an answer. It's not just, you know, wow, what's going on in this crazy world? It really is a question to which you're looking for an answer. I'll get more specific about what all of you guys have been asking. You're now asking about survival. What are we going to have to do to get by? What are we going to have to do to actually survive? You're asking about school shootings and school shooters. You're asking about school teachings. What are your kids actually being exposed to? You're asking about violent criminals on the streets and why they're on the streets. You're curious about whether our country is actually going to survive all of this divisiveness. You're concerned about what universities are teaching this generation. You're concerned about laws that aren't being enforced and some laws that are being over-enforced. You're saying it feels like if you disagree with someone, that boils over into hatred. You're concerned about this cancel culture where if you disagree with the wrong person or you say the wrong word, Somebody jumps up and says, hate speech, hate speech. Just because you ask the wrong question or you use the wrong words. It's like everything is on edge and you guys are saying, Dr. Phil, what in the world is going on? And your message to me has been like, hey there, Dr. Common Sense. This would be a really good time for you to speak up, step up, and show some good down-to-earth leadership and guidance, no spin. I just want to tell you that I plan, my whole team plans, to passionately answer that call. We've even turned our studio audience into an on-stage, fully participating focus group for every show. The audience is not going to be out where the audience has been. The audience is going to be up on stage with me, participating in every show, every guest, every conversation. And we are getting real like people have never seen on television before. This is a place where you can say what you want to say and not be afraid of getting canceled. Look, I'm politically agnostic and science-based, data-based, results-based. I don't care what people think. I barely care what I think. I care what is. It is time that we all wake up and hold ourselves and each other accountable 
and deal with the facts and stop making up what we wish was true. Stop rewarding bad behavior and start applauding and supporting good, sound, productive behavior. I think we've just stopped doing that. And I think that means we've just lost our way. Common sense, as I have said many times, has just not been common enough, and it seems to be getting more and more scarce by the day. People are afraid to say anything about it. It's like the emperor's new clothes. Like, hey, we have to kind of go along with all of this, or they'll act like we're idiots. Well, you're not an idiot because you have an opinion, and you're entitled to your opinion. And I want to talk about these things with no political agenda, no spin, no politics. We just need to get back to running our own lives and our own world. And we're going to continue to deal with all of that. We're going to continue to deal with human functioning, but we're going to talk about the things you want to talk about. As I've said, I am the incurable optimist. And I think we can fix this. And I also think if we don't, this country is going to be paying for some of these serious problems for a long, long time. And if you want some examples of what I'm talking about, I can give you a hundred, but let me just pick one as an example of what I'm talking about. This pandemic we've just been through, this quarantine we've just been through, we blew it at every level. Preparedness for this quarantine and pandemic, the response to the pandemic and the resultant quarantine, the management, the aftermath, we blew it financially, educationally, medically, psychologically, economically. And what's more, we're still blowing it today. And I'm saying so, and I'm going to say so in detail. I'm going to amplify that by science with world-class experts that have no political agenda. Because if we acknowledge it, we can change it. We can fix it. But if we don't, it's going to cripple this country for decades to come. This current generation that we have in school, these kids that we have in school, you've probably seen the headlines. We just wiped out two years of math, reading, science, all of these different things that kids are supposed to be learning. Well, there's no plan to fix that. We've just started putting kids back in schools that they should have never been taken out of to begin with. And we're going to dig into that. We're going to talk about that. And I'm going to show you what I mean. Because we didn't need the government in here telling us what to do with our own children. If you want another example, school shooters. You notice I said shooters, not shootings. We know so much more information about who these shooters are than we're using that it's just terrible. We need to stop politicizing it and do what we can to manage it. Now, we can have people go argue about the Second Amendment all they want to. That's fine. But there are already more guns on the street than there are Americans. There are thousands and thousands of assault rifles on the street. 
But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about who the shooters are. And there are things we can do to cut down this tragic trend dramatically, and we can do it right now. One, two, three, four, five steps that we can take to change this right now if people will just shut up and listen long enough to hear what it takes. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you want to know, that your kids can go to school and be safe. We know how to make them more safe. We can't make this go away, but we can slow it down. That's what I'm getting a lot of questions about, and there are answers to that. And I have relationships with the top experts in the world on how to make this happen. You're concerned about what your children are being taught in school. I understand, and you should be. The National Institute of Literacy says there are 32 million people in America that can't read above the fifth grade level. 19% of high school graduates can't read. How do they get through high school? The National Assessment of Educational Progress says 32% of fourth graders and 24% of eighth graders can't read beyond even the most basic level. Why is that? Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben. Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We've got all this controversy going on about changing pronouns with kids that don't even know what a pronoun is. I think we should spend at least as much time making sure they know what a pronoun is if we're going to be talking to them about changing their pronouns. If they want to do that, that's fine, but let's make sure they know what it is. I'm very concerned that we're moving into a victimhood culture. And culture is the operative word here. We are, by rewarding bad behavior, creating a culture of victims. You know, historically, victim was defined as one who is injured, destroyed, or sacrificed under any of various conditions. And Listen, that happens. I'm not disputing that. There are undisputed victims of circumstances, totally outside anyone's control, that would be consensually acknowledged. I mean, think about it. People that go through hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, and the like. 
These are events that can injure or destroy people's lives. They can be killed, financially ruined, wiped out. These victims of circumstances don't have common personality traits. They just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And many might call them survivors as opposed to victims. They are also victims of human-to-human types of harm, bullying, assaults, slavery, genocide, horrific tragedies like the Holocaust, war, things like that. But in my opinion, this victim label has been hijacked and appropriated by today's society. Research tells us, especially among some, but not all, that were born after 1985 and raised by what are called concierge parents, they started to claim that they've been injured by words or ideas. Injured. Now, that's important because they've medicalized it and actually gotten people fired for hurting their feelings. When I say concierge parents, you know, we've all heard about free-range parents and helicopter parents that hover over their children and don't let them get out there and experience life. And concierge parents are the ones who always caught little Johnny or Jill before they fell and scraped their knee and made sure that they all got a big shiny trophy on their 0-12 soccer team that never won a game, and they celebrated every loss with a pizza party. They bulldozed away any obstacles, so they never built up any immunity to social discord. They were never allowed to be teased or excluded or picked on even a little bit, so they never built up thick skin. They never learned how to be tough. Unlike the princess and the pea, the princess was so sensitive that even a pea would be painful. These are the parents that go out and demand equal playing time for their little boy, even if he can't hit the ground with the ball. Forget that a lot of other kids worked really hard to win. They're so thin-skinned and protected that now they're showing up at college and saying their feelings were hurt, that they've been offended, and they're actually getting professors and deans and coaches fired for hurting their feelings. Those are not students that are prepared for functioning in the real world. I'm concerned about that. What happens if they suffer the inhumanity of some university or organization expecting them to actually do the work or job for which they were admitted to that college or hired at that organization instead of just providing them safe spaces? I mean, come on, what are we doing here? Obviously, I'm not sensitive to a fan of this line of thinking. Comedians used to go to universities because they were open-minded and found humor. Now comedians won't go to universities because they say they're so uptight that they give them a list of things they can't talk about because they would be offensive. So comedians actually don't want to go to colleges. They don't want to go through the list of things they can't talk about. 
we're turning things upside down. This is a competitive world. And you guys are asking me, what what am I doing sending my child to a university if they're not preparing them for the real world? Well, I agree with you. Life is not a success-only journey. We need to call that out. Misery is not a strategy. <laughs> it's not a way. It's not a way to go through life. Taking personal responsibility, strategic planning, goal-directed behavior—that's a strategy. Our kids should be getting taught that. I think real compassion extends beyond a shoulder on which to cry. I find it hard to resist helping someone who refuses to be defined by the opinion of others and instead takes responsibility for their own well-being. I think we need to create our own experience, and I believe strongly in the principle of reciprocity. I think we get what we give in this world. So we're going to be doing that. Here's a clip of some of the things we've been working on. I want to talk about things that need to be talked about. Hate crimes in the U.S. rose last year to the highest level in more than a decade. Why am I being targeted? Just for looking the way I am. It gets worse after so. The carnage in our nation's schools has become painfully repetitive. I just started screaming her name, but I never heard anything that. The police officers, we failed you. More intense, more inclusive, more informative than ever. The price of almost everything rising faster than in decades. I just did a huge grocery haul that was under $100. What is your recommended budget? This is a doable number. What you're doing is working, so I'm going to shut up. <laughs> Customers seem to be losing their cool at the drop of a hat. What the hell is going on? If you miss a day, you miss a lot. Oh, boy, are we going to talk about that. Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm just keep our, it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Bravo, bros. Good job. You can see the kind of things we're working on. We're still focused on real people with real stories, resolving real problems, and I'm trying to give people real answers and real strategies. Some of the topics that we've been dealing with are, are our streets safe? This pattern we've gotten into of releasing violent criminals where they're out knocking people in the head or pushing them onto subway tracks hours after they were arrested when they've got a dozen priors and they just won't put them in jail. We take a hard look at these school shootings that I mentioned before. We take a look at what's happening with the 
transgender agenda in schools? Should it be there or should it not? Transgender athletes, should they be competing in women's sports? We've got a series on inflation to help you stretch your dollar in this time. And I'm not talking about theory and a bunch of things you could read in a pamphlet from the government. I'm talking about no kidding tricks of the trade to actually get more buying power from your dollar, to stretch your budget so you can get more. And I'm bringing in top experts that tell you how to beat the system. Here's a little excerpt from part one of How to Survive Inflation. I'm an American, and I'm pissed off. The price of almost everything rising faster than in decades. I have to pay three, four, five times the price and then not get as much food. I just did a huge grocery haul. It was under $100. What is your recommended budget? This is a doable number. I think it's crazy. What you're doing is working, so I'm going to shut up. All new Dr. Phil. We're having some debates about this defund the police. We're talking about hate crimes. We're talking about this very controversial subject of medical aid in dying, which is a real important question. If you were faced with a fatal disease and you knew there was no way out, and you could either suffer for months and then die, or you could die with dignity and forego the suffering, which would you prefer to do? There are religious implications, there are moral implications, there are family implications, but we talk about that, and we talk to some people that have made decisions in both directions. We talk about, has body positivity gone too far? Are we glamorizing unhealthy body types? We talk about college hazing. Some of your kids are going off to college. What do they need to know? Sixty-five young men have died since the year 2000 in hazing incidences. Can we stop that? Internet predators, those sorts of things. We're talking about all of these things that you're asking about in letters and questions because they're so important. You know, one of our first episodes is going to be about the invisibility of anti-Asian hate where a lot of Asian Americans are being targeted with hate crimes and the tendency to just not react to it. Give a listen to this promo. Hate crimes in the U.S. rose last year to the highest level in more than a decade. How long did this go on? For more than an hour. Unfortunately, it turned into an assault on both of my parents. It gets worse, Dr. Phil. We've got video evidence of this, so of course he would be arrested. That did not happen, did it? New Dr. Phil.
So when it boils down, I told you I'm really excited about season 21. I have to tell you, I'm so proud that you guys have reached out and honored me with your questions and your thoughts because it has revitalized me to the point that I am as excited about season 21 as I was about season one because you've put challenges in front of me and our team. That just means a lot. So I accept that challenge, and I'm excited about it. I love this country. I know there are people that say that's not the in vogue thing to say, but I love this country. I love it for what it offers and has offered to me and my family and most everyone I have ever known. Now, is it perfect? No, not by a long shot. But neither are any of us who make up the population that defines the United States of America. And think about it. We are this country. Without all of us, America's just a big landmass. So all of us, you, me, your friends, your family, we are America. And if it's screwed up, it's because we are screwing it up big time. You, me, them, all of us. And we need to know that. I know it. They know it. Some of us may be too self-righteous and narcissistic and sanctimonious to admit it out loud, maybe even privately, but at some level, we all have to know that we are America. And I think we are blowing the greatest human experience, the greatest social experiment, the greatest opportunity in history. And the reason you're hearing me say this, instead of me hearing you say it, is not because I'm smarter, braver, wiser, or some greater thinker. You're hearing me talk about it because, frankly, I heard your questions and your challenges, and I just ran out of reasons not to talk about this. I've been thinking about this for the last several years. And quite frankly, I just can't take it anymore. I have to talk about these things. And then when your question started turning in that direction, I knew that was a sign. I had to start talking about this. And I'm talking about this because it's the perfect storm. I'm feeling it. This country is where it is. And then I start getting your questions. And I just sit there saying, I, I, I can't. I can't take it anymore. Knowing what I know, I can't sit here as part of the silent majority of Americans watching common sense get thrown out the window, mocked, criticized, judged, and labeled toxic by a very loud minority of dysfunctional, postmodernistic thinking groups who have weaponized the art of character assassination to a level never seen before just because somebody maybe doesn't agree with them. And we're in a digital age now, 
where social media platforms can attack people like never before. Look, I'm not going to tell you some tear-jerking story of how I grew up as a boy and had dreams of life in America. I want you to consider what I'm saying here because of what I know, the data supporting what I'm saying. We are in a bad spot in America right now. That's why you're writing me the things you're writing me. Cancel culture, mob rule, keyboard bullies, emotional extortion. We've got the tail wagging the dog on a lot of things. Individuals have personalities. So do families, and so do communities, and even our country. They have collective personalities, and they can be healthy, productive, cohesive, or they can be incredibly dysfunctional. There's a psychology to how all this functions. That's what has me troubled. What's it supposed to be like? And then how is it different? I always say that you should only compare yourself to you. So let's do that for a minute. There are different spheres of functioning, right? How was your life before everything got so divided? And what was the first link in the chain? Where did it start? Was it the vitriol that Trump introduced? Was it his inflammatory language? Did the rules change? Was it the Me Too movement? Was it BLM? Was it Colin Kaepernick when he wouldn't stand for the national anthem? Was it before that? Has it been long brewing? Was there any response society could have made that would have been acceptable and stopped the violence and destruction that was going on in the streets after George Floyd? Are we now driven by revenge? Has the objective changed for our collective consciousness? Social sciences is always the way we enter a conversation. It's always advanced us better and further. And human nature is always self-referential. We think about how does all of this affect me? I want us to be talking about and thinking about All of those things. Right now, we are a country really divided. I hear from all of you telling me it makes you anxious. It makes you afraid to say what you think. It makes you concerned. And it does affect your marriage. It does affect your family. It does affect your comfort with your kids going to school. Makes you concerned about what they're being taught or not taught. 
So I hear you. And we're going to talk about that. I'm still Dr. Phil. I'm still focused on keeping your marriage healthy, your family healthy, your kids healthy. But these are challenges that now have to be included in keeping that where you want it to be, getting it back to where you want it to be. And I promise you, it starts with common sense and being honest with yourself. And like I said, I'm the incurable optimist. So this coming Monday, September 12th, we kick off season 21 of Dr. Phil. I'm really asking you to join and take this journey with us. And I'm asking to hear from you. Now, we have a group on Facebook called Dr. Phil Fanatics. That's P-H-A-N-T-I-C, Dr. Phil Fanatics. These are what we call super fans, and that's where I let people know what's going on first and drop in and talk and let you know what's going on behind the scenes and everything that's happening as well as here on Fill in the Blanks. Go sign up for becoming a Dr. Phil fanatic. But I really hope you'll join us for the launch of the season. And I promise you, you're going to see a rebirth of common sense. You're going to get the absolute truth what the data really says, what the science really says, what you can do to make your school safer, what you can do to make your community safer, what you can do to put your life where you want it. I'm going to answer your questions. We're going to talk about things that matter to people who care, and the people who care are you. So you let me know what you want addressed, and that's what we're going to do. If you're in the Los Angeles area, or you're going to be, let us know and come be part of the studio audience. You're right up on stage with me, and the audience is participating in the conversations. You can ask me questions. You can ask the guest questions. It's a good old-fashioned town hall meeting focus group type thing where you can weigh in and be heard. Like I said, this is real like you haven't seen on television ever before. And I couldn't be more excited. So I decided to dedicate this podcast to it, to let all of y'all know. And thank you so much for being supporters of Fill in the Blanks. Listen, tell five of your friends to listen to this episode of Fill in the Blanks. And to join us September 12th for the season launch, we're still the number one show, all because of you. And we're very proud of that as we launch off into the historic 21st season. So thank you for listening. We'll see you for season launch on Monday, September 12th, talking about things that matter. 
our first show has to do with hate in America, hate crimes, and what can be done about it. It's actually a very uplifting show. It's not a negative show. It's a very uplifting show. I think you'll really learn something by watching it, and it'll change the way you do some of the things that you do. Thanks for being here. I'll talk to you next Tuesday. So long. Uh...